0: The Table 40 podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more shows and
1: stories on the intersection of sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com.
0: what's up guys welcome back to table 40 uh today leslie and i are excited to have brett and Bree phillips uh brett has played for four major league teams i did some research here uh brewers royals rays oh three three major league teams but you were drafted by the astros so four teams and currently uh playing for the rays and uh we are excited to have you guys on Bree's dad I was talking earlier before we came on, is Trey Hillman, who was a coach and a manager for a while in the major leagues. And I've gotten to know a little bit through baseball. So we're excited to have you guys on. Thanks for coming on.
1: No, this is an, an honor and a ple- pleasure, uh, privilege for us. Matt, you know, I, I'm i not going to lie. I grew up kind of watching you um, play baseball. I've always been a fan. And now to uh, speak faith, uh, to shoot, sh- the breeze have a little fellowship with you and your wife Leslie it's an honor so thank you Bree and I we we uh we appreciate y'all
2: yeah thank you guys so much for having us on oh we're excited all right
3: let's get let's shoot let's talk about how they met first let's do that okay. oh, yeah right. let's do that all right so how'd y'all meet how'd y'all meet let's let's hear your story
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is a good one um it's 20 the year is 2015 and I am in minor league spring training for the Houston Astros, and I was that kid who they called over to back up what felt like every single night. Um, I I didn't, I I was just excited to be over there. I never had an excuse. I never, I, I just thought it was awesome, right? So we are in Orlando playing the Braves, and I'm sitting in the clubhouse before the game, and one of the coaches comes up to me, and he says, hey, someone's here down the line that wants to say hi to you and in my head i was like who who do you know that i know I'm, you know i'm just a minor leaguer like who's here that wants to see me so i go out there and it's brie and her mom and with them was my old pe teacher from high school mrs wood and i was like miss wood what are you doing you know and uh, brie caught my eye like i did one of these double takes you know where your eye you you see someone and then you go back And in my head, I was like, wow, she's very attractive. So, uh, you know, Trey, her dad was the bench coach at the time. And uh, I I met them and said hello. And after the, oh, during the game, I'm sitting on the bench and watching these guys play. And AJ Hinch, he says, hey, grab a bat. It's the ninth inning. And Matt, I kid you not, I hit the farthest ball of my career. This (laughs) thing had to have gone like 400 feet, okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was uh, you know i got all of it home run after the game um i'm 20 years old enjoying the the you know people asking for my autograph and i guess during the game miss wood was talking to Bree, saying like
2: hyping him up like being like hey do you see brett that brett kid in the dugout like y'all would be great together like really trying to make match play, yeah. play matchmaker and um she's She's not really my aunt but she's been a part of my life forever and so she's known me since I was literally born uh and she was has over the years tried to do this to me as a kid and then we were seeing my dad at this game we meet and uh, yeah
1: she was she was hyping me up just yeah. like oh he was so yeah. respectful yeah, I through with the big homer exactly everything everything was good so i guess during the after the game
2: she was like you have to get a photo with this guy like you it would be great and i was like this guy is gonna think i'm a cleat chaser like he's gonna think i like you know want this life or whatever he's gonna think i want something out of him and i'm like no i do not want a photo with this guy like no and anyway she makes us get a photo together which now it's cool because we look like babies um And I actually, I found him on Twitter. And at that time, Twitter functioned where you had to follow each other back to message each other. So he followed me back and I sent him the photo and I was just like, hey, great meeting you. Best of luck with the rest of your season and your future endeavors. And um, he probably, we probably kept up like once a week, just checking in.
1: I didn't want the conversation to be over with, uh, but I had to do it in a way where I wasn't going to disrespect Trey um, obviously, get. I didn't want to put my career in any weird situation, so I, I told her. I said, "Let's keep in touch. Um, I'm I'm attracted to you. I want to take you out on a date, but obviously, if that time comes, I will call your dad and I will see if it's okay." So fast forward, I go out to Lancaster for high A, California, and we kept in touch like once a week. How you doing? And then during the all-star break i get called up to texas where she's from and i and i was like do you still want to you know go on a date and you know get to know each other she's like yes of course so i call trey and i'm so nervous i'm <laughs> like oh my gosh here we go and uh he answers and i was like hey trey you know this is when the astros in 2015 they had a great first half so it gave me an opener i was like you guys are playing some great baseball right now uh, you know, but the real reason I was calling is because I want to take your daughter out on a date. And I, what felt like an eternity, there was a long pause on the phone and I'm looking down at the phone. I'm like, please say something. <laughs> he goes, I had, a, I had a feeling, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he goes, I had a feeling this phone call was coming. I've asked several people about you. They've all had good things to say, but this isn't promising. She's going to like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, Brian and her mom came out to Corpus Christi, Texas for the weekend. It was the all-star break. It worked out perfect. Um, we went to the aquarium for our first date, just spent the days together. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess six years later, they say the rest is history, yeah. but, um, you know, it was, it was very, it felt like God's timing. Um, meeting and then how the relationship unfolded we did long distance up until the day we were married uh, we didn't live with each other until we were married so we we went through some some growing pains you know and then obviously when we got married it was awesome but it was the first time living together and so we went through those growing pains but yeah it's just been awesome
2: we learned how to communicate really really well which was a huge blessing um for when we did get married because it you know, they're still on the road. And so even when he is gone, even though we're, you know, with living with each other now, it's, um, it really kind of formed us into learning how to communicate really well with each other. So that was huge.
3: That's really cool. I I have, as you're talking and telling the story, Bree, I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about your dad, because it seems like he set the, he set a standard in your home to where Brett felt like, man, I'm going to have to call this guy. And it seems like he did a really good job of, I mean, you're obviously very beautiful and it seems like he did a really good job of protecting you and your heart. And yes, it's like, he knew like, Oh gosh, I've got this really beautiful daughter and I'm going to need to protect her. And I just think that's cool that he, that Brett felt like he needed to call your dad before you guys went on a date.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was huge brownie points um, with my dad. They had already formed an incredible relationship before I was even in the picture at all. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, But I grew up in a Christian household. My dad really instilled uh, really good morals in my brother and I, and really like, kind of almost like through his actions and everything made me um, really realize like, you need to have self-respect. You need to respect yourself and you need to carry yourself in a way that is respectful and have good morals and values because at the end of the day whoever is for you my future husband aka now Brett but at the end of the day like whoever you're meant to be with will respect like what you uphold Mm -hmm. and um, so that was really big growing up he I mean my dad is such a wise man he always instills a lot of wisdom and both him and I and it's really ironic because he always told me like you're never going to date a baseball player. It's not going to happen. And actually I didn't want to, Brett was the first guy that I ever dated that ever played baseball. I really wasn't into it. Ironically enough, I would grow up telling my parents, like, I never wanted to date a professional athlete because my dad was gone, you know, eight months out of the year or so. And, um, I just, you know, they, you miss out on things. And so, Uh, But then I met him and I was just like, I mean, I can't, I I can't not like he's precious. So I, um, but yeah, anyway, my dad and my mom both have been great role models for us uh, through this life. It's really nice to feel like you can go to someone who gets it um, and just really like has, I mean, they've had, yeah, they've had. 20 plus years in this industry 30 30 years in this industry so it's been I I mean that's we're very thankful for that because we know that a lot of people don't have people that they can really come to for um things that happen within this industry and talk to them about it and them understand what's going on what's the best advice they've given y'all so far oh man probably always like keep the lord at the center of your relationship um always lean on each other with everything that really we do and I think we really make a great team with that um but I mean that correlates with baseball too just throughout baseball being able to lean on each other um but I I would say probably that
1: so piggyback on what Bree said we were we went out to dinner with some friends the other night and I was we were telling them the story about uh I had to call Trey. So Trey was managing in Korea part of the t- when I proposed to to Bree and I had three conversations with him before he would actually like give me his okay to marry his daughter. Um very tough but for the best. I I mean I I can handle it. I see myself being the same way when I if I've been we're blessed to have a daughter. Um when I think of a leader in their household, I think of Trey, and you know, just how um
2: he's led our family really Yeah,
1: how well. he how yeah. he just handles stress, how he goes about his business. And in every aspect of his life, he is a professional. He's a pro. And um it's really good for me to see and and recognize and so, like Brie said, keeping the Lord in the center of our marriage has been huge for us. Um, and easier said than done, obviously, because we're we're flesh, right? We're sinners, and we. But we have that foundation that we grew our relationship and marriage on, something that we can always go back to in times of stress and in those storms. So it's uh, very important to us. Yeah. So talk guess. about
0: those conversations. What did he ask you? Three conversations to get his blessing. Like, I got a daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> <just notes>. interested. <laughs> what were those conversations like? Was this a process? Like,
1: yeah, so kind of laying the groundwork, asking a lot of questions. Um, how you guys deal with uh, when you're in an argument, how like not and not giving much advice the first couple, just hearing, um, kind of dissecting. And then that second, end of second, third phone call. Okay. You know, I've heard what you've had to say. Um, but let me, let's like, let's get further into these conversations and let me tell you how a, I I've known my daughter my whole life. I know how she operates. I know what makes her tick, but I also, I know how I can give her advice that she's going to listen, you know, and we all have our ways of how we listen you for Brie, you know when when we get in into an argument I have to listen but give her like 20 minutes of alone time 20 to 30 minutes of alone time before we can kind of start getting to uh, like resolving something as opposed to me trying to fix it right away she doesn't want to hear that right? Like most women I feel are like that. They don't want to say, fix it. The only and, and, <laughs> so um, going back to the conversations with Trey, just small things that he wanted to help me with. And then at the same time, give me wisdom and, and knowledge on how I can make our marriage the best. In at going back to keeping the Lord in the middle of things, in the middle of the, the marriage, just a lot of like I said, knowledge. So,
3: that's really cool. I was reading uh, a book the other day, or or part of a book the other day, and it was talking about how marriage can be our greatest ministry, because if there's no other relationship in the whole in the whole world that reveals our sin more clearly. Like you know, and in the the love and like the way that you want to pursue your spouse, and and the way you want to honor your spouse, and it's just such a beautiful sanctification um, journey between the two of y'all or between us and and when when he that author put that that way I thought man that is so so true like there's been there's in my in our marriage we've been married it'll be 21 years in December wow
1: Wow. let's go that's (laughs)
3: great it's great I, I love being married Matt but in in our relationship there's been nothing that's revealed my selfishness more than even with my kids, like you know, I mean, I'm I, there's definitely some selfish tendencies I have with the kids, especially when it goes with like sleep. Like I'm I'm just <laughs> such a sleep person, like a sleep. Of you know? course,
0: that and would be so, me. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, the sleeping thing is really hard for me, but I I think it's so fast. Marriage is just such a beautiful, a beautiful relationship, especially when we're both like both focused on on the Lord and really trying to honor God. Um, in the context of marriage, I think is really cool.
1: And I think if you listen to, um, you guys would probably say the same, but just people who have been married for so long, they all seem, there seems to be this common denominator that, you know, marriage is going to be the hardest thing that you'll ever have to do, but it's going to be the most rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I think of other things that could correlate and it's hard for me. I don't think I can. Right. So um, it, it takes work just like everything else, but it's going to be the most rewarding. So I, we, we have very good mentors and, um, people who have been married a long time that we see how they go about their business. And it's just great. You know, as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, just keeping like-minded people around us to, to help us. Mm-hmm. Good. So let's go back to your growing up
0: brett like tell us about growing up and and you signed out of high school you were committed to nc state tell me about just kind of young brett and and
3: that process yeah
0: getting to where you are today
1: okay so mom and dad divorced when i was two uh still had a great relationship with them growing up but mom had my sister and i Brittany, in christian school through fourth grade So I had the background and the knowledge of the Bible through like veggie tales and, uh, you know, just going to Bible study, but I didn't accept Christ into my life until seventh grade. And, you know, I always had this weird, like moral, I don't know how to say it, but if I did something wrong growing up, I always thought God would physically hurt me like with a lightning bolt. I just had this weird so everything I did was, even in private, I never, I never tried to wrong, do anything wrong because I, w- I was scared. I feared the Lord, which I still do now. And I think that was one of the biggest blessings that I could have been given at an early age was just fearing the Lord. Um, it kept me out of a, a lot of trouble, especially when I was alone to myself. You know, Matt, as a young man, there is a lot of temptation and a lot of you know sin that comes our way. So, you know, going through high school, baseball was another one of those saving graces where Brie all the time was like, you know, what kind of person were you, or were you in high school? And I was like, you wouldn't have liked me in high school because <laughs> I was so dedicated to my craft in playing baseball that there was just a, uh, a wall up in front of me, even to, to friends wanting to hang out on the weekends. It was baseball, baseball, baseball. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, you know, sports in general, it it develops character and and a lot of the reasons as to who I am and why I am today was laying that groundwork as a kid. So drafted out of high school to to Houston. Um, you talked about NC state, believe it or not, that was my one and only offer. So I tell everyone, it was a God thing after my senior year, I, I just got good, really fast, um, and drafted in the sixth round. And then from there, It took me five years in the minor leagues to make it to the big leagues with Milwaukee and, uh, it, it hasn't been easy since I've been up and down. I've been optioned close to over 10 times and, uh, Bree's been with me every step of the way, encouraging me, lifting me up and, you know, it's, uh, it's been awesome to have her by my side through, through it all because. You know, there's times I'm sure you went through in your career where it's just like, man, is this worth it? You know, I I felt like every time she came to visit me, I was getting sent down in the big league. So, um, you know, but like I said, that foundation, that relationship with God from an early age has helped me tremendously, and I I I wouldn't trade it for the world.
3: Yeah, and as far as like your process and deciding, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pursue Major League Baseball instead of go to college. Do you have any advice for because Like Jackson's 18 or 17? He'll be 18 next month, and and he's going. Oh
0: gosh, going he's going to
3: be. 18. He's an adult. That's, <laughs> That's
2: and so awesome.
3: He's kind of he's like you. Like as you're talking, I I see or hear so much. Like there's a lot of similarities between you and our oldest son. I mean, he just loves the sport, loves to play. And I I don't know. Like what would you? What kind of advice would you give Jack as he's trying to navigate these things? Like his dream yeah. is to play professional sports and play professional baseball, but there's all sorts of ways to get there. And so, I don't know. I I think that, I would love to hear what you would have to say to Jackson.
1: Yeah, so for me, when it came down to professional baseball or college baseball, um, I feel like there's a lot of circumstances that can almost help you Swayed like in each direction, right? For for y'all, Matt having a, a great big league career. Um, you guys, I feel like I'm I'm trying to find the words to. Uh, so for me, it was I mentally I was felt like I was mature. You know, I was independent and growing up, I never leaving home for tournaments and everything, it it always excited me, right? I never felt like any, I never felt any anxiety away from being home. So I would say that's the first thing. Having him assess himself uh, internally, how would I do away from home? Second, physical, phys- physicality. How am I going to, um, hold my how am I <laughs> I'm trying I don't know this is it's a tough question um is what am I good enough to physically play professional baseball at 18 again you don't necessarily know but it's a it's a belief thing i I believe at 18 I was ready physically I could go hold my own um and then obviously it was a support system right my mom was super excited super um she she believed in me and she backed me up she said hey this is your decision i i remember the conversation like it was yesterday when i got drafted this is your decision if you want to go i got it's all public knowledge i got drafted for three hundred thousand dollars i think if it would have been around a hundred thousand i would have gone to college and you know but so that's why i talk about circumstances the right amount of money for you to go but it, it, it was just, I felt it was the right thing to do because the people around me gave me that, um, they didn't persuade me in, in any direction. I know a lot of times kids, they get persuaded by people, their coaches or people who didn't, it didn't work out for, and they're like, Hey, go to college, you know, but at the end of the day, I didn't have any of that. This was all my own, mm-hmm. whether I went to college or whether I went to professional baseball, it did not matter of the people who love me around me. So um I it, it came down to the support system and belief in myself. I'm sorry I, I, it took me a while to get to that no, to, that's, get that's to that good. answer. But
3: that's good. That, that yeah, helps us a lot as we walk with him through big decisions that it's it's hard to imagine that an 18 year old has to make these really I mean these are really big decisions that have interesting you know outcomes. And so that does help. That is good. That is good.
0: So we'll talk about let me let
1: Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, where are you guys at with his decision, Matt? Did you, you did you play in college?
0: No, I, I signed out of high school as well. You signed
1: out of high school, and knowing what you know now, what are those conversations like with him? Well,
0: I think to me the biggest thing with our situation, um, obviously, I mean, well, we don't necessarily need the money as a family.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and so, like, when you talk about commitment a team uh, committing to him a a dollar amount or a a draft round that is a commitment to where if he does have a year or two where he struggles in the minor leagues you know nowadays with with such limited spots in the minor leagues if, if you have two bad seasons or two seasons they don't deem as good they don't have enough spots to continue to let you grind it out because there isn't enough spots and they are drafting new classes every year so my whole thing is, is is the commitment to him to give him some leeway as an eighteen year old to develop and fail, and fail without yeah. possibility of them saying he's not really we're not really that much invested into this these kids this kid uh, we can move on from him easily um, because then I think you do run into this and I think he's he's really good I mean I I think he has what it takes but I just want to look out for. For him, and, and when you think about kids um, that get to play in the minor leagues, you know, two or three, four years, and then all of a sudden, if if, they, if that's not their future, do they ever really go back to college, like is, at 24 years old, are you going to go, say you're married and you have maybe a kid on the way, are you going to go back and get your education or does your life look like, uh, you know, lessons and trying to find jobs where you don't need a college education that sometimes can be a very um and, and not that hard work is bad but it can be a life that maybe you didn't think was your future um so I I don't know I think it's just one of those things where um I, I think if if the commitment from the team is there financially yeah. and, and by the round because you know they have pride in their first and second round pick, but they want them to get to the big leagues they want to give them every opportunity possible um and so that's kind of where I'm at I, I he doesn't you know, I think coming here to Oklahoma State and getting a chance for me to be around him for three years and, and play on a big stage in and, and the Big 12 Conference and, and play in this beautiful facility we have now and and play in important games and get his education and go to school here is also a great plan. So I, I think in looking yeah. at like two, two plan A's, if it doesn't work out to where, you know, it, it seems like the right fit professionally, we've got a great opportunity for the next three years to get better, get more physical uh, he weighs about 180 pounds, so you know if he gets to 190, I think he plays shortstop. I mean, I, I think his his power will will, will increase. Um, so I, you know, it's it's like I said, it's two great options in in my opinion, and so um, it's just kind of fun trying to enjoy it to to where it's not burdensome because I do think that neither one is is a bad is a bad thing, and so no doubt, uh, I think just encouraging him that these are both great options so that you don't have this big disappointment if it doesn't go the way that sort of his his heart, you know, because I'm sure he he prefers one or the other, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, and, and, and you know, like when you're, pr- you know, practicing and preparing, you're dreaming of playing in the major leagues, you're not always, you know, well, I can't wait to play in a big spot in college, like you're like, I want to play, in, you know, in the big leagues. So um, I, I just want to encourage him that it's not a disappointment if, if he comes to school and, and gets a chance to play here and and and, you know, play for me and my brother and and uh, so I think that would be awesome too. So um, it's an it's an exciting time for him, but uh, I, there's no, unfortunately there's no crystal ball or perfect you know answer to this. So uh, we'll see. It's 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 fun. But gosh, I'm like, man, I'm you guys like,
3: are. I'm like your <laughs> mom. I'm like, whatever, you know. <laughs> like, I just support you. I
2: just love you. She
0: never rode the bus and in, in low air, <laughs> <over> <laughs> with no air conditioning and stopping at you know Waffle House or the gas station. Yeah. Oh yeah. The race to the hot food, you know, like the roller with the hot dogs. And that that was the only (laughs) hot food available. So,
1: oh, she was there, but she didn't do any of that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you guys, man, that is great advice. Mm -hmm. Something I'm going to take with me for sure. You guys are great parents. You talked about him being 180 pounds. And you know that transition from 18 to 21 is yeah. huge right as it is wherever he is he's going to be three not four maybe five times better than you know what he is now so either way he's going to develop into his own whether that's professional baseball or going to college but i mean the situation he has with you over at oklahoma state right yeah it yeah that would be a no brainer uh i mean he's going to develop either way and i'm excited for him and his future he he'll look back one day when he's older and be like man I'm so thankful and blessed to have the parents I have because seriously that is awesome and he's gonna I know he's he'll he's on his way so that's awesome to y'all yeah uh, even
0: in the last year you know you start to see strides from 17 16 17 like where the strength starts to kick in and so he's made a really good jump in the last six to eight months just from a physicality standpoint but Yeah, it's it's uh we selfishly want him to just live at home for three
2: years. We really like him. him. That's a great way to be. (laughs) Yes,
3: we think he's great. And we like the other kids too. (laughs) (laughs) They're great.
2: Both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We we have
0: so the two oldest ones will play on the same high school team this year. So he's the the younger one's a ninth grader, and so they'll they'll be on the same high school team. So that's been cool. Like just this fall they've practiced together and and so yeah so and then the two younger ones are are uh, are along for the ride so mm-hmm. we're two boys two girls we're three boys one girl the youngest is uh oh, is a wow. as well. so we yes eight almost 18 14 11 or 12 now and eight so what position does your freshman play he's a third baseman so we got shortstop and third and uh will they be on the same on the field at the same time yeah uh, yeah and he they it's funny because you know in perfect game the ratings they're both ranked 20th in their class in the country which you know take it for whatever it is but the bragging rights you know are you know they the other day at practice jackson you know he runs over and into the hole between third and short and and fields a grounder and he's like geez ethan am i playing third too like i'm playing like <laughs>
2: It's that is awesome. It's awesome they
0: got that competitive you know rivalry oh, yeah. and
1: going so and the 14 year old's
0: taller now so he's 6'2 and he's oh, bigger than go. the the 17 year old so he's like he's always walking up and putting his shoulder and like, <laughs> no <laughs> what are y'all feeding them over there we need to get on that night know. He's, he's going to be the big one. So it's, uh, it's fun though.
3: It's fun. That's really okay. cool though. It's fun y'all. It's fun. Families are fun. It's, it's it's <laughs> <been> great. <laughs> a lot of fun, but okay. So in the minor leagues, was there a moment where you were like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is hard. Five year Matt spent five years in the minor leagues as well. And it is, it was, and we were together too, Bree, like Matt and I were, yeah. were together and encouraging. We, I mean, we were engaged in dating and it was just hard to know how to encourage too as a young girlfriend or young fiance and because you just saw how emotional it is it's just so there's the circumstances that they can't control and I don't know I mean what sort of advice would y'all give or or Brett was there a moment where you were like I'm done I'm done here
1: you (laughs) know for for myself I've always had this unrelenting belief that things were going to work out and I think that stemmed from just how much work I put in. A lot of the times um performance anxiety, whatever it may be that comes up, I believe comes from a lack of practice. Um at the end of the day, I can look myself in the mirror and and tell you it right in your eyes that if it were to end tomorrow, this this game does not define who I am. I know you guys hear that a lot, but it doesn't. You know, I've I've put everything I've had into this game, and I can sit back and have peace knowing that. No and a lot of the times, regret comes from not pre- not preparing, you know, not practicing hard, not not putting everything you have into that. Um, and for me, I I never let myself really maybe thirty minutes after a game going over four with four strikeouts, I was probably like frustrated and. You know, but I never, there was never a part of me that wanted to call Bree or my mom and be like, all right, I need you to talk me out of it because I'm, I'm, I'm done there. I've never.
2: He's, he's really, really good about, um, like leaving work at the field, honestly, like after a game, like, I mean, there's probably only been a handful of times he's ever come home and been like, dang, I made a mistake on the field or like, I really didn't have a great game but then you give him like, like you said, 15, 20 minutes and he's over it. Because I, I always try to be like, tomorrow's a new day. You get another chance. You have, you know, so many more games to go this season. Like <laughs> you have you, I mean, you do. And I um, initially really struggled with how to be uh, supportive in like the right way, like how to encourage him um, in the right way because I, there were some girls that I would talk to who would get really upset at their significant others if they didn't perform. And I like would see that, but also I was like, I would call my dad, honestly. And I would be like, I just don't know like how to like, because I know it's a touchy subject. um, If he's not performing well and I don't really know how to uh, you know, not say too much. Basically. I just want to be there and be supportive, but I don't want, him to feel like he has even more pressure because I'm being like, Hey, you didn't play good, like play again, like have yeah. a better game tomorrow, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And I didn't, I mean, I tried softball in fifth grade and my freshman year of high school and I was not good, did not like it. <laughs> and I, so I don't know the first thing about how hard it is to hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I have no idea how hard it is to field a baseball. Um, And that's what my dad was telling me. He's like, don't be like, hey, uh, can you work on doing this better? Or can you (laughs) you you do this better? Yeah. 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 I'm like, I have no idea how to do that. Like, I don't even know. So I'm like, how am I supposed to even say those things to him to begin with? And so I really just try to encourage him to say like, hey, tomorrow's a new day. You get another chance. And you're going to get another chance after that, no matter where you are, you will. And And uh, growing
1: growing up, I never had my parents telling me, Hey, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. They, after the game, if I did good or bad, it was, what are we doing for, what do you want for dinner? You know, what are are we going to do now? So I never had that pressure from my parents growing Mm up. So when I got into a, a, a relationship I never wanted to hear that. Yeah. And she never did. But I recognize other guys who, which, yeah, each his own, if that's how you go about it, that's how you go about it. But I recognize other guys getting pressure from their wives to perform. And I'm just like, you know, I wouldn't respond well to that. And I, that was a conversation we had early on. Like, listen, Brie, Don't ever bring up baseball after baseball. If I, if (laughs) I want to bring it up to you, then we can talk about it, but don't bring it up after I go good or bad, just because growing up, I I never did that. And so she's, she's done a great job.
2: I think that's really good too, that his parents didn't grow up like you know pounding him if he did have a bad game or even like it was just like hey where you want to go to eat because eventually I'm just like hey you're grinding you are grinding through it I am watching you work your tail off and like it's gonna pay off and like just keep going and so um that's been great for our relationship just that's how we communicate after the games and and stuff um that's, yeah. good. That's really good
3: advice. What, what, We're similar in that.
0: Yes. What, Brett, what would you say now if, if you have boys that you you know about the sport, right? Obviously you're a major league player. How will you handle that with your boys if they're playing baseball and they, how, how would you handle it the same way? Or do you feel like you would offer advice because you have a wealth of knowledge to help them get better? How, how would you say you would handle that?
1: Yeah, so just like anything it, presentation, right time and place recognizing how their energy is how they're going to respond first of all whatever i'm going to say i would recognize what where they're at mentally uh, and go from that at right after a game probably not the best you know especially if they they did bad i would recognize the instruction from the coaches are the coaches giving the right instruction, that's something that's a pet peeve of mine when I go out to the high school to talk to the kids. These kids are like, as a coach, you have a responsibility to be coaching the right things. Mm -hmm. And it's not these kids fault when they go to a showcase, and they get marked off the list because their high school coach or their coaches back home are giving them the wrong information. That's not fair to them. So if I recognize that my son's coaches are are not giving the right instruction, I will definitely have them back at home and respectfully teach them the way. Hey, if a coach is telling you something that you know is not right, respectfully let it go in one ear and out the other. Never you know question them. Never say, "Oh, my dad, he played X amount." No, just listen to what they have to say, and you know for the sake of if you have to do what they want you to do right then, then do it, but go back to what you know is right. That's how I would go about, um, giving information to my son. And then when it comes to bad games, I would give him the freedom to, if you wanted to talk about it, talk about, it. if not knowing Matt, like how hard this game is and knowing that I don't want to talk about it, I would be like, Hey, I don't blame you. So how <laughs> do you, how do you guys go? How do you guys go about it?
3: That's exactly well, what we
0: do. I, I, I think- knowing the kid too like as y'all will see they're they're so different like the older one i can easily say hey what were you thinking on this pitch or why, you know or or is that you know what give me your approach i I can talk to him in a a way to where the 14 year old i gotta let it time he needs time like Mm -hmm. he'll blow off the hand like he he's he needs i won't say he's
3: a little edgy so i don't yeah i love it
0: And just knowing the difference between, you know, when and how, and like you said, presentations, everything, like how you talk to them, like how you, and Ethan, the the 14 year old, I let him come to me. Like he, he, he's the kind of kid that like, I just let him come to me and he'll say, Hey, what do you see? Where Jackson wants it immediate. Like he wants the feedback immediately. Like, you know, I just know that he's looking, you know, like when we're hitting or whatever, and he hits too bad, he'll, he wants that immediate feedback to where Ethan's like, I got it, you know, and I'm like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll Give you a second. <laughs> let me know when you don't, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, so it, it it's interesting. It's just, you know, like learning your kids and how different they actually are and how they learn differently. And so it's, uh, but yeah, we're like, I know how hard the game is. So a lot of times, like I'm just, I, unfortunately we see a lot of the other side, you know, the dads in the stands that are, yeah. that are, you know, yeah. yelling at their kids in the middle of the bats and, it doesn't look like they're having much fun. So it's uh, we, we've it is cool to have that perspective, but trying to figure out how, when you know something's off, to pass that along, with in the right time has been you know something that I've had to to learn about and learn to do. And like you said, how to how to handle coaching that you might disagree with, and you know being a my dad was a coach forever, so you know just explain to them how to to like you said respond to coaching and and uh, and and to be respectful about it, but at the end of the day, like, I always always tell them, hey, let me coach your swing. Like, you can listen to them about cuts and relays and do, you know, (laughs) you do what the coaches say, but I'll coach your swing. Like, we'll we'll, we'll do (laughs) it. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, that's been sort of my philosophy on it. All right,
3: you guys, I want to pick your brain real quick. And I mean, we've been on here a long time and I, I so like love talking to you guys. To way, you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. if you
2: are ever in Florida, let us know. We'll get no, go. go so I love Florida, so I'll come we'll anytime and visit. We can go. go ahead.
3: But I would love I would love to talk and and just pick your brain about your relationship with Jesus. Like what are what are the things I mean I I love? Jesus like y'all loved. I mean, I love Jesus. I love learning scripture. I love being in a community with believers. And so maybe some highlight reel of your relationship with Jesus, maybe some highs and some some doubts that you may have had. I mean, this is a big, broad question. I was gonna say, how long this is a big, broad have? question. <laughs> but I feel like it's important to talk about, like with, with people that you guys are clearly mature in your relationship with the Lord. This has mattered to you for a really long time. You were raised by the Christian family. You went to yep. Christian... Christian school and so I guess like as of right now at the age you are when you look back on things in what ways have you seen the faithfulness of the Lord where it's just overwhelming
1: yeah so you know I wouldn't say that Brie and I we have all the answers I'm just (laughs) gonna say that we we are sinners we we fall short every single day but for us it's staying in the word together constantly challenging each other when we see maybe if if she recognizes I'm not being myself or I'm going about my business in a way that she knows isn't us, we have this relationship where we can challenge each other, which is is good, I believe, mm-hmm. To to always go back to what our foundation is and that's in Christ. So challenging each other to stay in the word separately, you know, her mm-hmm. having her alone time, me, for me, for myself, it's, it's at night when Brie, it's more in the morning for, and then coming together throughout the day, if, if we're in a moment where things just feel like they're going way too fast, I'm always like, let's, let's pray. Let's take a step back. Let's slow things down. Things are getting out of control right now. So just recognizing that. And then, I mean, huge on prayer. Uh, um I, yeah. I i can't stress that enough we're and again i don't have all the answers but i do know that staying in scripture praying a lot praying together are things that just help us out tremendously in our in our relationship speaking from just us us yeah. too so
2: and to be transparent too like i've always personally um which i know a lot of people don't struggle with this especially if they've grown up in the church or um, when they've given their life to Christ, but I've always personally struggled with prayer, like Mm -hmm. finding time to pray, being still in prayer and, um, and like not just going when things are not the way I want them to go, you know? So he has done really, really, a really great job at kind of leading me in, uh, praying for, you know, things that you're thankful for. And like the health of your family and things that like, you know, some people don't really realize is part of your prayer journey, that you still have to pray for those things and be thankful for those things. Um, And it's not always about just going when things are off. So he's really guided me and in my relationship with the Lord and prayer specifically, because that's always been something that I've struggled with, like just being still and doing that. So
3: that's good. That's good. You guys are (laughs) an encourager.
0: All right. Yeah. It's already been, we've kept you a long time here. So. No,
1: it's fine. We, yeah, I, just we enjoy,
3: I wish we were neighbors. This is so fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
3: love you guys. Hey, care,
1: careful, Brie. careful for what you wish for. We'll be moving around here soon when we have kids. Yeah,
3: awesome. There's a nice facility I, and everything. Hey, we got
1: Matt. I need Matt coaching up so. my boy. <laughs> no pressure <laughs> to have a boy, Bree. Yeah, yeah, he's like
2: instilling it in my brain. He's like, we're having a boy. And you know, it's so ironic about it. One day when we do have kids, is that i only have boy names i don't really have like <laughs> girl names because he's been like we're having a boy we're having a boy we're having a boy
1: and i'm putting all the pressure all on all the
2: pressure i'm like you better be happy if we have a girl and i know he will be yes but yes. it's it's really funny because yeah i really only have like boy names picked out <laughs> oh
3: man good days are ahead you two good days are. Ahead.
0: okay so table 40 is the name we when we were you know playing baseball we, we used to have people over all the time. And we we loved having community and, and people over to eat. And that was just something we love. We still do that. We have people at our house all the time. And so table 40 is kind of the name of the podcast and, and just in reference to you know being sitting around a table and having chats like this. So if you guys could have eight or 10 people, six, eight, ten people at a table tonight for dinner, it could be past, dead, current. And then what are you eating? So you get six or eight Ooh. people. What would be the, who would be the crowd?
1: <laughs> oh, then, both saying, Ooh. Ooh,
2: wow, what are we eating?
1: <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. I'll do three people. You do three people. Um, okay. for, for me, I think Curtis, so Curtis Granderson was one of my favorite players growing up. He's a humanitarian. I, you, you'll never, Hear anything bad about Curtis Granderson? I feel, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never heard anyone say anything bad about him. I think he would be great at the table. Kevin Hart is someone who is hilarious to right. me, but at, yeah. at the same time, I don't know if you, you if you guys get a chance if you listen to him on like Joe Rogan, he's very knowledgeable and he's he it seems personable. I and I think that would be great. And then um, who's someone else that I Think is cool. <laughs> uh I I don't. You who do you do you have any? Honestly, we get asked this question yeah, a lot. Yeah, we,
2: we've thought about it. I think our answers always change every time we actually. Wait, think about
0: people, it. other people ask this question. I thought this was exclusive. Yeah, no, we've, <laughs> we've been asked this
2: question a couple of times. Oh, um, honestly, just because I feel like she's. Like very motherly, and I, I, I don't know. I think she's probably wise in real life because I love her in movies. Probably like Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. I, mine would probably be like women actresses that I like really adore. But I would, I would also like, I would also have my like grandmother who passed away when I was like five. That was oh, really, really one. knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, she was just such a bright lady. Uh, and then probably. Uh, probably my mom. My mom is I know <laughs> yeah, that's she, like family and like some come. one of the They have a
1: great relationship. Yeah, my
2: mom's a, she's uh she's a very uh wise woman but she's also like a saint. She's very I, laid back, chill. This life would is good really good for her because she's just go with the flow. Um she's awesome. I so. don't
1: know how grandma and mom would do with at a dinner table with Kevin Hart but <laughs> <laughs> it would be, be ing- interesting. it would be, yeah. it would be yeah. one time. My most recent
0: ad to mine is Hasbola. I don't know if you're familiar with Instagram, the little guy from Russia, the little. Hasbola. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's always hitting, hitting yes. people. I, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with him. Like I just, I just, he makes me laugh. So me I, too. I recently added him to my table. So he's.
2: Oh, I love it.
0: My goal. We have, oh, that's a weird story. Yeah. Um, This, my best friend here is Zach Esposito. He's a wrestling coach here. He was a Bad man. He, he was friend. He was teammates with uh, Daniel Cormier in college here. And so, you know, Hezbollah, there's been like talks of him fighting UFC. So I told Zach, I'm like, if, look, if he fights in Vegas, we're going and I'm getting a picture with him sitting on my shoulders. Like, that's <laughs> happening. That's like bucket list material.
1: So um, that's just, Listen,
0: yeah.
1: if you ever put together a table, just full of random people, please invite me. I will get, get on a plane. Right? If you're yeah. like, I've got some interesting people. I am all about that right there. Can I just, literally have like, yeah, we, should. yes, honestly, I think we should we can have heart <laughs> and Hezbollah. Hesla, it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. We'll just get a bunch of interesting people with different backgrounds and opinions <laughs> yeah. and we'll just let them talk and see. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And just observe,
1: just, like, just yeah. observe. Um, so we'll talk about what we want for eat to eat. Probably Bri and I, like uh-huh. a bone in fillet um With some lobster. I don't
2: know. We love. I mean, that's like on the like nicer side. But we, I mean, we love Taco Bell. We love Five Guys. We are like not fast food snobs. We love
1: Uh, all food. food. Yeah, it's
2: it's bad. It's bad. We're on the seafood
1: diet. The seafood eat food. (laughs) Yeah. So what's your spot right now in in St.
0: Pete area? What I mean, where's the spot? You guys get one date night. Where are you going? Probably sushi.
2: Yeah. There's this really good place kind of close to where we live called uh seaweeds and they have really really good sushi they have a bunch of other stuff but they have really good sushi. the
1: name doesn't sound good i don't know why it's seaweeds but it's good food
2: <laughs> <laughs> seaweed i do like seaweed sushi, salad,
1: yeah. To be honest. yeah okay yeah yeah,
2: yeah so, so that's probably where we will go what uh, about what
1: about what about y'all i want to hear that i'm interested who is at your table and then what are you going to eat yeah we've changed it a lot because you know we just think about it a lot because we
0: ask it a lot but yeah. I usually go with like Wainwright and Berkman and like some old teammates that I don't get to spend as much time with nowadays. Like when you're done playing, like your community, like you miss that community of like, just, Yeah. you don't, I guess you don't appreciate it as much as you, well, like maybe you do, but you just miss kind of that. Of course, the camaraderie. Like five or six of your favorite old teammates together. And like, just for a night where you just sit around and tell stories and laugh, mm-hmm. uh, that's usually my go-to, but now is there. Um, <laughs> um yeah we've we've gone a couple different routes we've heard a lot of different random answers like we've had like um abraham lincoln's we've had some you know we've had some uh we've had some interesting answers but i think i would go former teammates and their wives that we've you know we just don't get to see as much as we would like to Mm -hmm. definitely because
3: y'all know how baseball. It's the beauty of, of playing professional baseball is, is everyone, you know, you, you get to be with people that are doing the exact same thing you're doing. And it's just such a, mm-hmm. such a neat thing, the relationships that you're able to build over the course of just one season. And then, you know, I was with the Cardinals for quite a few years and those are such big years, you know, from 30 to however old you were when we left. And, and so, you know, you're having kids together and you're accomplishing really fun things together and traveling together. So, those relationships for us are man they're gold we miss yeah. our buddies so it'd be fun to it'd be fun to reunite but
0: I, I, I do like the angle of like kevin hart and like yeah. some just
1: <laughs> funny people i like, like that
3: too yeah. i like that too he's one of my favorites
1: what would you guys eat
3: probably steak and, and yeah um,
0: yeah i've i could go like you guys i could go like tex-mex like i could find sushi i could like there's a place uh called uchi in, in texas in austin that's like this asian yes. food. it's kind of like nobu type food that yeah, I, yeah. I really like but i think it's if you really you know like a filet is probably tough to beat. you can yeah. never go wrong right with,
1: yeah. with a good filet everybody
3: likes it so you just you yeah. know eliminate that issue from the very beginning <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah some some full uh, mignon yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: thank you all so much yeah, thanks for coming, for coming on. on it was awesome so thank good. you guys for listen
1: that. if people are like hey we need a part two you let us know we'll be we'll be here okay thank you for listening to table
0: 40 with matt and leslie holiday part of the sports spectrum podcast network for more stories on sports intersecting with faith visit sportspectrum.com